the world is insane right now. And, but one thing we can agree upon, COVID has ruined our plans. We all used to have plans before COVID. Remember, you used to be able to plan stuff, man? I a, my sister was getting married, man. Getting ma I paid Bell Bib DeVoe $80,000, man. <laughs> and I can't get it back. <laughs> I had tickets to Coachella, man. I know, I know 200,000 Americans are dead, but I'm not seeing Rage Against the Machine this year, man. <laughs> that is a travesty. Welcome to Eavesdrop. Here's your host, Matt Cozy. Up next on Eavesdrop is somebody, Zach, you could help me with this, All but right. is, is somebody that I have exchanged messages with. He, he is my buddy in media. We are both media nerds, and Zach James joins me on Eavesdrop today. And Zach, I feel like we've been trading messages for what, like five years? It's been longer than that, Matt Cozy. Thank you for having me on, by the way. It's been since I think 2012, 2013. I was oh a senior at Simpson. Gosh. And you were at Iowa and I found you through your connections with KRUI and the Daily Iowa. And I, and I wanted to find some college journalists from around the state because I was uh, working at a college radio station at the time. So I thought it would be cool to find some other college media people from around the state. And I noticed you uh, out yep. in Iowa City. I noticed a few other guys in Ames who I'm still friends with. And, and we just had this friendship going ever since. I knew ever since I had you for a couple hits on my sports show that we would have kind of this friendly bond that we kind of hit it off right away. And I'm glad we have. Yeah, it's been really cool. I really appreciate our friendship and just being able to like ping stuff off each other Right. Just because we're such big fans of stuff that we watch and listen to. Mm -hmm. And there's not many of us around. Do you have any other friends who, who you just bond over media with? A little bit. Uh, yeah. Still in the media business. Still in still so that makes those more who sense. have worked in the past. But not no more than you. We, we, whenever I have like a media question or something like that, yeah. or something I want to talk about, you're usually the first one I turn to. All right. Well, we're both big fans of Saturday Night Live. Yes. And so I want to do quite a, a good segment on that because I, I, I know we'll have a good time talking about it. Um, so I, I've enjoyed this season. I'd like to mm -hmm. take a little bit of a report card on it, if you will. And I always like when there's stand-up comics on. Yes. And this year there's been several. Um, Chris Rock let it off. And, and in, in post, I want to add some of his monologue to, to lead off the episode. Um, Bill Burr, Chappelle, and John Mulaney have all been on it. I thought those were all pretty good shows, um, especially when they do their set. And then the, the sketches have been pretty good too. Um, so, how, And I'm still getting used to some of the new cast, but how, how would you say this season has gone? It, it's good that they're back in the studio. I'm thankful for that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, it is, the, it is a good thing they were back in the studio because when they were out of studio, when they were working from home, they tried to do the best they could, but I, it just didn't feel the same. Right. Yes, there were some moments when I laughed during sketches, but it just didn't really feel the same. But now that they're back in the studio, it feels like Saturday Night Live. Dave Chappelle's monologue was probably one of the best of all time in Saturday Night Live history. I, it was just deep, it was thoughtful, but it was funny at the same time. Um, did I agree with some of the things he said? No, of course not. But he made me laugh. And that's what you're supposed to do at 1035 on a Saturday night if you live in the Midwest. So uh, that's, that's, what, that's what his purpose was. And uh, I was happy with it. Then the first sketch when um, Chappelle and uh, Pete Davidson broke uh, character yeah. in that sketch. I thought that was really, really funny too. I think the first... 25 minutes of each episode. Now, granted, I haven't seen all of Saturday, Saturday's episode yet with Jason Bateman being the host and Morgan Wallen being the musical guest. But I thought, I think the first like half of each show has been really, really good this year. I think the writing has been um, better, <laughs> better than past years, but it, there's still room for improvement. Weekend Update has been on its game. Um, it has been good. Ever, Ever since Seth really left, I mean, Michael and Colin have been phenomenal at the, with the, their roles and their writing. Now, granted, they're both head writers mm-hmm. on the show, too, so that helps along with the two. But it's just been really fun to see. Now, granted, I've been an SNL fan since the middle part of the 2007 season. The latter parts of the, of the show, especially after updating the second musical set, have been subpar. That's what it's been again this year. Um, right. I, I get that it's hard to find good, that it's hard to come up with good comedy writing for an hour and a half, but and I, I do respect that, but I wish it just could be better. Yeah, just more consistent over the 1030 mm-hmm. to midnight time frame. Right, right. Um, and yeah, I agree about Weekend Update. It's still one of my favorite parts of the show. It is, it's mine too, yeah. Yeah, and, and I like it because Obviously, there's a news angle to it, which mm-hmm. I appreciate, but they bring in other cast members. And so these characters get developed, and that's been some of the more of the classic moments have been produced simply from Weekend Update. Yeah. Um, would you say, and actually, let me rewind back to this. You said middle of 07 season was the right. first yes. time you really dug in. Yeah. I think that was mine too. And I don't think we knew that. Um, yeah, right. the, latter, the latter part of high school, I remember watching the show. It was like 07, 08. Yeah. Um, and so I, I can trace it back to that as well. I think it was when like Manning or LeBron hosted and oh. I was interested in that. And I was like, all right, I'll check out Saturday Night Live. I obviously knew of it, but didn't really get into it. But but yeah, and then Tim McGraw hosted the 08 Thanksgiving show. So that got me interested as well as, as a big country music fan. So ever since right around that time, uh, it just got me interested. and It gave me something to watch late at night. Yeah, how, how often do you watch it live now? Because uh, I, I watch it next day almost always. I do too. I watch it on YouTube like at 12.30 at 1 o'clock in the morning because there's always usually pack 12 after dark. Oh, nice, or yeah. so, some, some Or like you're working. On. Or I'm working, that's true. Um, so I'll usually, if I'm working or there's something else I want to watch, 
I'll usually catch some clips on YouTube because the SNL YouTube page usually puts stuff up about 15 or 20 minutes, minutes after uh, East and uh, Midwest go off the air. But um, I've, I watched it live. I didn't watch a single episode live last year. I don't think I did in 2018-19 either. Mm-hmm. Um, so it varies. I try to, but like you said, I'm a sports writer. I work at night. Yeah. And that that kind of that kind of uh, there are there have been some late Saturday nights in my career, no doubt about that. For sure, I think people get some joy in the industry from throwing a spear at SNL, and I don't think it's all justified. I'm going to list off some of that cast from like that 06-12 range because it's yeah that yep it's ridiculous. But the show has progressed, and those people can't stay around forever because they go off and do other things. Right. Uh, you could even say they go off and do better things. I think that's fair to say. Um, but would you say, how would you evaluate how the show has progressed, especially the last few years? Would you say that it's still good? Yeah, I would say it's, it's still rated as good. Now, like you said, some of the players have gone on and done yeah. other things, featured players especially. Um, and that, that's just what you respect yeah. with, with people moving on. It's kind of like with sports. No athlete is going to stick with the same team forever. And has the season made the playoff, so to speak, in, in the last few years or so? I think it has. I think with um, Colin and Michael being the head writer, Seth Meyers being the head writer uh, before that. Um, they're funny guys. And when you have funny guys creating good copy, it'll bleed over into the, into the players and the actors. And that, I think that's what we're seeing. Do I like to harp on the show a little bit when it's bad? Of course I do. But just like any, any sports team, but mm-hmm. it, is, it is a good product. It always, it, it, there have been times where it has not been a good product pretty much from 13 to 15 but i think it's back back up on the rise i like the sports analogies too that that makes me connect with it um better so here is 06 to 12 listen to these names all right armison forte Mm -hmm. sudeikis samberg wig Mm -hmm. myers Mm -hmm. polar hater and keenan that's unreal one of them's still there only one of them's still there yeah, Keenan, and he's now the longest-running member in the show's history. Yes. Um, but what a group together. It was so much fun. When they were at their best, that was when SNL was at its, has been at its best since 06, like you said. Um, when they were at their best, that was funny stuff, man. That Sudeikis. Right. I wanted SNL to go back to Sudeikis. I understand why he didn't come back. But I wanted SNL to go back to Sudeikis for the Joe Biden character because i oh, thought yeah i thought jason was awesome as a joe biden um character um the other ones were great a hater like you said mm-hmm. was phenomenal um i started watching his new showtime show it ran into my youtube feed the other day so i've been watching clips of that and that's good tv um i'm a sin i think i'm a a little overrated i just don't like his style of comedy it's just not my taste. Same I never Kristen watched Wig. Portlandia or anything. I've never seen Portlandia either. And every time he's come on Seth Meyers, I'm like, sure, okay, right. fine, whatever. Uh, Kristen, same way. But all those other players you mentioned, they're very, very funny. And Andy Samberg um, always has a comedic touch. 
So, yeah, it, when those guys were together, it was phenomenal television, late-night television. Yeah, and I only know history of SNL <laughs> through a book I read. I'm not sure if you read that book from, from Jim Miller. Did you Live from SNL? Is it kind of like a thick? It's, it's book? yes, it's yes. There's have, many I've many pages. It. I've got it in my library. Yeah, yeah. I'll show you. If, to make yeah, sure let's it take is a look the at one that. we're talking about. Um, but yeah, I read that. James book. Andrew Miller. Yep, here we go. I don't know if I can flip my camera around or not. Yeah, yeah. yeah here we go. Nice. There it is. That's awesome. Um, yeah, that, I got that as a Christmas gift for my parents one year. And so that's, that's my education with the show. Um, yeah. And, and so learning about the show, I would say that era of cast, you could make a case that that's the best ever. Yeah. Oh, well, the, the original cast, like with okay. Chevy Chase, and uh, I think Jim Belushi was there, I think. The very Billy first Crystal year. was there. Yeah, the, that, ver- that very first group, the very first four or five years, okay. I think you could say. Uh, along with you could also throw norm mcdonald in there you oh, could yeah, also throw yeah. throw whole yeah. or let's see um Jimmy fallon horatio Jimmy Sands fallon. Era. yeah 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 there have been some good comedians go through saturday night Live. Mean, even the good ones like kevin hart he got turned down for an snl audition That's so that right. just shows you how competitive snl really is yeah so how how would you uh say that Baldwin as Trump and Jim Carrey as Biden did? Because I, I was only kind of shrugged my shoulders in the end. I think Baldwin as Trump is very good. I okay. think it's, I, I don't know if it's the best Trump impersonation, like among the Athenians who has the best Trump voice. JL Coban my... is, he was on my yes. show over the summer. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, I haven't heard him, so I'd have to go back and, and listen to that. But sure. in terms of comedians who I think have the best voice, I know I'm in the minority on this one, but I think Trevor Noah has a really good Trump. It's, it's not great. He doesn't dress up or anything like that, but his voice that he uses to oh, impersonate wow. Trump, I think it's really good. I'll have to take uh, a look at that. Some people disagree, but... That, but I think Trevor Noah's is really good. Colbert's gone away from his. Colbert won't even mention Trump's name on, on like, like that like show anymore. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Fallon's is okay, but but no, going back to Alec, I think Alec's um, impersonation of the president is very very good. Jim Carrey is Biden. I thought that was kind of suspect. Like I said, I thought they should have gone back to Sedegas. It was a surprising um, choice in the first it place. It was a surprising choice. I don't see Jim Carrey as a guy who wants to impersonate the right. 46th president of the United States. I just didn't see that. Um, but he's been doing an okay job. Like he said, just shrug your shoulders. It's, it's okay. It doesn't blow me away, but it's just okay. Now, mm. uh, my Rudolph playing is Kamala. I think I, I'll go on record as saying – Maya is the most overrated player in SNL history. I just do not like her comedy style, but she's fantastic as Kamala. You can't deny that. And I'm looking forward to seeing what she does with that character over the next four years. Definitely. So we're one week out from the Christmas episode still. And mm-hmm. one of those alums from the era that we're talking about, Kristen Wiig, is going to host. She's also in the uh, upcoming Wonder Woman movie. Yes. Um, so I'm looking forward to that episode. The Christmas episodes when we talk about that 90 minute time frame, it always seems to be just a complete show. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I'm wondering too, with the pandemic and everything, how much 
how much cameos are we going to see? Because we yeah, usually right. see some celebrity cameos on the Christmas show. We didn't see many in the season debut. I don't think we saw any in the season debut now that I think about it. Um, maybe, um, 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 oh, she's a player on SNL. She does a really good Hillary. Kate McKinnon. If you count Kate McKinnon as a cameo, sure, fine. But yeah. she's still in the lineup, even though she doesn't appear in many sketches. As much, um, right. Uh, right, right. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I think she, I think just seeing her back on that stage again, just for one night, I think will be good. Like I said, I don't like her style of comedy. I think she's a little overrated, but one of my favorite, favorite characters in that 06 to 14 span was when, was when she was one of the Lawrence Welk dancers, when she had those tiny <laughs> hands. It made me crack up every single time. Hopefully she does that again next Saturday night. I don't know if they will because Armisen has to come back to play Lawrence Welk, I think, maybe. But um, maybe Beck can play a good Lawrence Welk. But Target Lady was pretty good. Target Lady was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so hopefully they do the Tiny Hands Lawrence Welk sketch. But <laughs> Love it. But it'll be, it'll be interesting seeing what, what she brings to the table next Saturday night. Absolutely. All right, let's segue from SNL then to uh, other – other forms of media in general. Right. I'm curious about first you as a consumer. I think I know the answer, but maybe not. So out of TV, radio, and print, and now print has evolved in other categories and subcategories, but I'm just right. going to say blanket print still. Okay. TV, radio, print, what are you more of a fan of as a consumer? Or I guess what was your first love? My first love, and it still is, it's surprisingly, even as a print guy, it's radio. Yeah, I, I love I knew sports it. radio. I, I do love radio. I've worked in radio for a little bit, but print, I think, just tends to my skill set a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. I love print, don't get me wrong, but um, just too. that love of radio just got me as a little kid. I, called, I did play-by-play for the Iowa Cubs when I was eight, and even before then, I loved listening to radio. I loved listening to country radio on the drive to school with my mom because she's a school teacher too. Mm-hmm. And just listening to Des Moines and City Rapids stations was always a kick. Um, and then I evolved into sports radio. When I was in high school, I started listening to sports radio. I started listening to like New York and Boston and San Francisco since I'm a Giants and Niners fan. I don't know if you can see behind me. but I can. It's a cool um, background. Thank you. Um, and then I wanted to become a sports radio guy, so I went to Simpson. I originally was going to go to Wartburg, but I went to Where Simpson. are you originally from? Montezuma. Okay. Montezuma, Iowa. For, for those of you who don't know, it's between Des Moines and Iowa City, uh, just about 10 minutes south of the interstate off the Malcolm exit. But mm-hmm. um, so I went to Simpson, was going to go to Wartburg, but decided to go to Simpson instead. And I wanted to get the whole experience. I wanted to get, to get print experience. I wanted to get radio experience. And I even did get a little bit of TV experience in there. But just being in a radio station, getting in, fr- getting in front of a mic, um, learning the ins and outs of radio, both at the college and professional level, was just the cool thing. And um, doing play-by-play, it's just a rush that I haven't had in a long time. I haven't called a game since uh, November, since the night before Thanksgiving in 2013. But be, but I can kind of evolve that kind of medium into print now. I'm doing podcasting. We're doing some podcasting with the Sioux City Journal. I've 
done tons of podcasts when I was in Clinton, when I was in lacrosse. Um, and, and even then when I was doing those print jobs, especially when I was in Clinton, um, I was a program director for ESP in Quad City. So that just might show you how much uh, affinity I have for radio, the promise I think sports radio especially has. Print has some promise too. I do think print has some promise. But radio was my first love, but I do love print as well. People that you've been a fan of that you grew up listening okay. to or listen to now, who are some of those people that stand out? So the ones I grew up listening to sports-wise, uh, Gary Dolphin, obviously. Okay. Uh, the Dolph, Dolph is right up there at the very top of the list. Uh, John Walters is right at the top of that list, too, since he's been around for a long mm-hmm. time. Um, play-by-play, I always get a, get a kick out of listening to different play-by-play guys, and obviously those two being an Iowa kid are at the top of the list. But since, since a little kid, I, I've enjoyed – um, listening to Des Moines radio, Des Moines sports radio, the KXNO guys, all those shows are very, very good. And they're still um, going. They're still going. Thankfully. Uh, yes, they are. Uh, 670, the score, let's grab scene. I always enjoy listening to late. I, I enjoyed listening to him late at night when I was in Clinton and lacrosse. I can get a terrestrial signal of 670 here in Sioux city, but it's not a very strong one. So it's kind of hard to listen to a little bit out there. of range. A little bit out of range, a little bit out of range. Um, National-wise, like with ESPN, Fox Sports, that type of thing, I don't really listen to ESPN anymore because um, it just doesn't click with what my philosophy is or just my radio style is. Um, I'm really happy that Zuba Mahente, former uh, sports anchor at WOI in Des Moines, has the morning show now at ESPN radio, but I'm not awake at five to 9am. So I don't listen to that. Or I, I don't go out of my way for my, for that podcast either. Um, if I had to pick one ESPN show, um, I'd probably go. It's a weird lineup go, right now. It is a weird lineup. And it's going to get even weirder with it's changing again. Later. Yeah. I think Greeny just because that's my, the style of radio format I would do if I went back into radio, just doing that hit type, of any uh, of radio show with a monologue, just the traditional type of, mm-hmm. of radio. I, I'm a very traditional guy when it comes to sports radio, and I, I think that's the show I would go into. I, I did grow up listening to Max a little bit, especially when he and Stephen A. did a show on ESPN New York way back in like 2006. And then Brandon Tierney was also there too. I was also a fan of Brandon Tierney. Now he's with CBS Sports Radio. Right. Um, Stephen A. and Max had a radio show together? Yeah, I think so. I'd have to go back and look. But I think Stephen A. and Max Or they were at least on the same station. Maybe they transitioned or something. Maybe maybe did some, they did some crossovers or something like that. But yeah, New York, Boston, San Francisco, the big markets is kind of what I uh, gravitated yeah. to as a younger kid. Well, and, and you were able once, to because of the internet. And I, and I was able to because of the internet too, and that's true. And, and that's kind of when I started, started getting obsessed with podcasting, even in 2006, downloading podcasting. Nobody took five minutes to download on a 2G connection or whatever it was back then. But um, now I have my phone. I can pop up my podcasts and have my feed refreshed in a little under five minutes, the entire thing, and we're good to go. Yeah, hosting a radio show solo is one of the – that's hard. Strongest skills that you can have. So even if 
I'm not apt to listen to like a Greenberg show or mm-hmm. seek it out when I get home. I can appreciate the craft and what he does, mm-hmm. especially um, and, and like Zubin too, because it's a three man booth. Yes. You know, if I ever hosted a podcast with uh, more than one person, especially if it was a former athlete, I would probably study those shows because they just mm-hmm. do it so well. And Zubin's the perfect trap cup for that too, because he's not gonna give, he's not gonna go out of his way to give his opinion. Now he's a very, right. very smart. He's gonna pass the ball. Yes, he's he's going to pass the ball to give Keyshawn and uh, I don't remember the third guy off the top of my head. Jay Williams. Jay Williams. There we go. Jay Williams. So he, Zubin's gonna find a way for, so to speak, Jay and and Keyshawn to score, and Zubin's the perfect point guard for that. And like I said, he's a very smart guy, and Zubin does his own hint in Des Moines uh, with Trent Condon and Ken Miller on KXNO. Awesome. Uh, every Wednesday, I think, on those shows. So it's enjoyable to listen to him talk to two local guys as well. And he appreciates where he came from, from WOI, to where he is now at ESPN. You mentioned about podcasts, and there's a big shift that I've made as a, a media consumer and as a media fan in that when I was younger, um, or even, even a couple of years ago, I would consume podcasts, but they were radio shows. Yes, exactly. like it was, same with me. It was just the radio show being posted after yes, the fact. that's what I do too. Most of my podcast feed is exactly that. My podcast feed Right now is, it is? Yes, so my okay. podcast feed right now, for the most part, is Miller and Condon in Des Moines, KXNO, Murph and Andy, KXNO in Des Moines, um, Murphy Mac K K M B R in San Francisco. Uh, intentional talk of MLB is a TV mm-hmm. show, but I still count it as a podcast. Mm-hmm. Oh, what else do I listen to? I've recently started listening to the Nate Brown Show, Fox Sports Rapid City, uh, because I just want a little bit of a South Dakota local flair, so I'm more in tuned to the Absolutely. South Dakota side of things since I'm actually living in South Dakota at the moment. Um, John Boy, I listen to John Boy every once in a while, not religiously, but I, I'm interested to see to hear his baseball takes whenever a big baseball story comes out. Um, so that's, that's more of new media, basically. Then. Yes, yes. Because I don't listen to radio shows after the fact anymore. It's really only in the car, and now I've become a fan of podcasts that are just that podcasts. Yeah, so yeah. that's been a big shift for me. And also shifting genres, because I'm more of a comedy podcast person. Oh, really? Okay. I mostly just do sports podcasts. Okay. I, I do subscribe to this state in history from the History Channel, but that's the only non-sports podcast I think I have in my feed. I'll double check real quick. Yeah, but all the other ones are, are sports. So yeah, no. yeah. And even to your point, the new media podcasts I listen to too. Oh, forgot SVP. Yeah, I listen to SVP's podcast too. Um, nice. Kristen Ledlow and Candace Parker, um, the Steam Room with Ernie Johnson and Chuck B- Charles Barkley. How is that? Um, it's actually really entertaining. It's just a, a supplement of the of inside the NBA. Okay, just not just not with Kenny and Shaq. It's a really entertaining show, and they do have people come on and they do do interviews, but it's from Charles's perspective, and it's just fascinating. To, to know what Charles is thinking and what they're asking. And they did a lot on social injustice when that was happening. 
when that was ramping up, especially during the NBA playoffs. So it was just interesting to hear one of my favorite sports personalities and in, in, uh, EJ uh, collaborate with Charles Barkley. Obviously, they've had success on the TV side, and they're having success on the podcast side too. I don't follow radio play-by-play guys as much as you do, but wow, did we have quite a media move last week, so much so that I could barely get through my day last Friday. Len Casper not only changed teams going from the Cubs to the White Sox, he also changed formats from television to radio. What were your thoughts on Casper to the White Sox? When I first saw it, I kind of, I messaged you. You you were the first person I thought of when I saw this. And I was like, I, I didn't understand it right at first, but the more I thought about it, makes total sense. He wants to call the final out of a World Series. And he didn't get that chance in 2016, obviously, with Pat Hughes uh, behind the mic. So now it's the radio guy, full-time radio guy. He will get that chance because local radio guys get to call the World Series in the playoffs if they make it that far. So it just makes sense for Len Casper to be uh, – he was the face of the Cubs on the TV side, but now he gets to be the face – on the radio, so to speak, for the White Sox, and he gets that chance to call the World Series if the White Sox make it that far. Now, the White Sox have to make it that far. Len and Darren Jackson are going to be fun to listen to. I like DJ a lot. I listened to DJ a lot when uh, he did TV with Hawk throughout the years before DJ went on over to the radio booth with uh, Mr. Former. I think this is fantastic. White Sox fans have to be over the moon at, at their options to listen to either Benetti or Stone or Len and DJ. I mean, <laughs> what? that's incredible. Benetti's one of my favorite guys to start with because Benetti is just one of the best in the business. We both have cerebral palsy, so that kind of uh, makes me like him even more. Mm-hmm. And Benetti's just so creative with his calls. He, You see it with Bill Walton. He just um, plays to whoever he's – um, working with, and, and that's a very good quality to have if you're a guy like Jason Benetti. So it's going to be really fun to watch White Sox games. I think I'm going to listen to and watch a few more White Sox games than I have in the past. I can't believe I'm going to say this on the record on my own show, but I am too, even as a big Cubs fan. <laughs> well, I'm a big Len fan. And yeah, it was a little bit lost in the midst of all the uh, – the activity when the news was hot, but Benetti and Casper are going to do about 20 games together on TV. I didn't know that part. That's awesome. A lot of people are in the same boat as you that they didn't like read the whole story. Yeah. It was like a paragraph lower in these stories. Yeah. It's official. Wow. So yeah. I will buy MLB.TV. Well, I'm blacked out of the White Sox even here in South Dakota, but I will find a way to, 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 to watch it. Yeah, for sure. Yes. All right. Yes. Well, I got a couple things to close this out. I wanted to All ask right. about the media landscape as a whole, because I would consider myself not only a, a big fan of media, but also in a way, an analyst of, of the goings mm-hmm. on, both because I have a love for journalism. We're mm-hmm. trained journalists. Um, I was a reporter before I was a teacher. Um, I got paid to write for three years. That was pretty cool. Um, but, but media has changed so much. Yep. But where I think it, it's still 
strong and maybe even growing is at the local level. Tell us what you're doing with the Sioux City Journal right now, how long you've been there, and, and sort of my theory about local still being the winner in media right now. So I'm the assistant sports editor at the Sioux City Journal. I've been here for a little over a year and a half. Uh, previously, I worked for a year and a half in La Crosse, Wisconsin, and then three and a half years in Clinton, and I had a little three-month stint in Iowa Falls, Iowa as well. And all of those communities are local. They don't have big, big markets like Des Moines, Cedar Rapids, um, Sioux City is. But I started small because I knew I had to work my way up. I completely agree with you that local journalism is still will still have a footprint down the road because people want to read about local. They want to listen to local. And then they want to watch local TV as well, and they want to know what's going on in their community. If there's no local journalism to be had, how can we hold people accountable? How do we know what's going on within our government? How do we know which sports teams won on a given night? How do we know um, road construction, especially here in Sioux City? So to know what's going on at the local level is is imperative, and lo- local media provides that. You aren't going to see that on the NBC Nightly News with Let's to Hold. You just don't, unless if it's a big story. Then you will, obviously, but just on a local level, you don't get to hear that stuff on a national level. So local journalism is important. And if you haven't subscribed to your own local outlet, whether it be the Sioux City Journal, whether it be uh, the Daily Iowan, whether it be um, somewhere in Chicagoland or wherever you're listening, please do. Oh, please give it as a gift for the holidays as well. I think that'd be a fair idea as we're approaching on the two-week uh, milestone to Christmas, mm-hmm. subscribe to your local journalism outlet. They need it right now. Some are struggling, yes, but I think we'll all get through this pandemic and, and realize that uh, better days are, are to come and through local support, that's only going to make it better. I have to stop there. Those were some great words, Zach. Thanks a lot for being on the show. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me, Matt. It was a lot of fun. For Zach James, I'm Matt Cozy. This is Eavesdrop.